Hello, and welcome to Bisexual Breakdown, where we have breakdowns as we break down pop culture. My name is Serena, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And my name is Katie, and I use they, them pronouns. And we are both bisexual. We are both bisexual. That's so true. So I guess before we start, we should explain why we're here and how you and I came together to start this podcast. So Katie, how do we know each other? I was an early member of a fandom Discord server that Serena created with someone else. And I I mean, I was there almost from day one. Randomly came together because of our hyperfixation on a pretty old fandom. Pretty yeah. old. <laughs> Vintage. Yeah. Yeah. Vintage, I would say. Right. Yes. And so um, it's been three years. It has been three years. Yeah. It was kind of like my COVID lockdown fixation. It got me through those long months of having nothing to do. And yeah, I mean, we're both still kind of in it. So yeah, it's the kind of fandom I feel that like you never truly leave. Like you'll get into new stuff, but like, I don't know the the chokehold that this fandom has on me. I don't know how to explain it, but like. I'm going to be here till the end of time. I think so. Yeah. Every time I think that I may be out of my feelings about it, I re-enter my feelings about it. And I, yeah, I just don't think it's ever going to leave me. I guess that's part of the reason that why, why we're here and why we're doing this podcast is because we're the kind of people who obsess about things and just can't let it go. And it causes massive brain rot and we need to have an outlet Um, To summarize, Katie and I um, are fandom friends from a very old fandom um, for which we started a Discord server that's about three years old um, and that we are still running and it's still pretty active, which speaks to the longevity of said fandom. Yeah, and I think that we have plans to do an episode about that later, which is why we're not really getting into what the fandom is right now. Because um, we'll discuss it yeah, later. It has a special place in fandom history, I think. Well, why don't you discuss how you got into this like fandom? The new one. The new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like how you got into, let's say it, We it's red, white, and royal blue. Like how did you get into it? Um, I guess I was reading the book at the time everyone else was reading it. So it was like 2019, 2020, I think. Um, I would think it was 2020, yeah. yeah. Also, and um, I feel like there are a lot of people in our, let's say, the ho- the home fandom who kind of latched on to this book because there are a lot of similarities um, and elements and tropes um, that uh, exist in our fandom. And so I think it was something just that people in our vicinity were reading and talking about and really loving. So... I was a big book fan from the very beginning, but I think you have different feelings about the book, Katie, or like you prefer the movie to the book. Yeah, that's like maybe an unpopular opinion, but I, I mean, I wasn't really like part of that initial craze. Like I, obviously we were on the server together at that point. So I was like experiencing and witnessing um, other people um, getting into the book and, 
for some reason, it just kind of missed me. But then I, um, wow, we're so discord centric. I run another, um, discord server that is dedicated to all things pop culture for like the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and I pretty sure it was you, Serena, who posted that the movie was being made. And I think it was the like casting announcement uh-huh. of the leads. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dang, this is being made into a movie. I guess I need to read this book. Um, and so I think I read it then and there. And I don't remember. That was like a, a year ago, I think, like early summer of 2022. Mm-hmm. So I was like a little late and I remember, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the book and I definitely like flew through it. I'm pretty sure I read it in like, I think you read it in like a day. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I finished it in like a day. Um, So I definitely like flew through it and I enjoyed it, but I was just kind of like on the fence about it. Uh, I, I won't get into it too much. Cause again, I feel like this is maybe something that'll come up in like a later episode. I was on the fence. It wasn't like my favorite book. I'll always appreciate it because I feel like it kind of led me down a path of like exploring and discovering a lot of other like LGBTQ fiction. But yeah, not like my favorite book. I definitely am kind of like a movie person. (laughs) I'm both, I would say. I think that um, I appreciate the strengths of both. And I kind of think about them as like two separate things. You know, like they're doing different things and I enjoy both of those things equally. Um, and I think that the book does some things really well that didn't make it into the movie for various reasons, but like the movie is so enjoyable and we have watched it together and separately multiple times. Um, and it has taken a hold in our imagination and it is... Um, it has consumed us to the point that we needed to do this to get it out of our system. This is kind of funny, but it's real. So let's talk about it. Is that like, I feel like specifically, both of us are so obsessed with Nicholas Galaxy <laughs> that like, we are like, how, how can we talk about him more? <laughs> um, and like, sure, um, we could have a podcast that's just about him. I don't know how often we'd be able to update that. Um, So I think that us wanting to talk more about him sort of like led us on this path to like coming up with the idea for a podcast. Um, But then we were kind of like, oh, it it needs to be more than (laughs) it needs to be about more than just him. To be fair, I feel like people would listen to this if it was just about him. And like you, if there was a podcast just about him, I would be listening to it right now. I think about him every day already. <laughs> you are snooping. Give me, give me the podcast. Into, and who's commenting and who's following his social media and yeah. coming up with analyses of what could this possibly mean? I'm like, I'm like literally in Serena's DMs every day talking about him. I'm not complaining for the record. No, it's so real. The obsession is so real. Um, I need another outlet. Yes. And so we could only watch Red, White, and Royal Blue so many times. And it's been many, many times. But to get our fix, so many times. we needed to go deeper. And so at this point, Katie and I have 
done a speed run through his entire filmography. Is that correct? Have we gone through every single thing? I think there's only a couple of things left for us to watch. And when we're done watching those, we will be doing the definitive Nicholas Galatine episode, which I'm very excited about. So we watched everything he's ever been in. So you don't have to, but you should because he's great. But you should because he's amazing. I mean, not all of that stuff is good, objectively speaking. objectively but he is riveting even when the content yeah even when the content is bad he's good yes so absolutely worth it we don't make the rules he's just amazing it's his world we're just living in it okay katie tell me about when did you first dip your toes into fandom and how are we even defining fandom what does it mean to be in fandom to you that is an interesting one because yeah I don't know it's such like a weird thing of like I feel like I remember discovering fan fiction when I was like probably like 11 years old 11 12 maybe um and it was all very like innocent stuff you know what was the first um, fan fic that f- you read what fandom was it from I'll tell you what I did not actually read this fanfic when I first discovered it but I I mean, I feel like I'm like exposing myself as a Canadian right now, which is fine. But <laughs> growing up, I was really into the band The Bare Naked Ladies, classic Canadian band. But everybody was into The Bare Naked Ladies in like a certain time in the 90s. Okay, fair. Yeah, don't don't out my age right now. <laughs> but yes, you're so right. Um yeah, and like being Canadian, it was like it was like a big thing. Um so there was fanfic. I've never. That's something that I never thought there was to look at fanfic for. When people say that there's fanfic about everything, that is one hundred percent real. There is fanfic about everything, and like, I don't think I ever actually read it, but I remember looking at like a fan site for the band, and it had a fanfic like tab on the website. And I had to ask my older sister. I was like, what is this? I don't understand what this is. And she explained it. She was like, oh, it's just like stories people have written that are like have the band members in the story. Yeah, it was wild. Like I said, I don't I don't know if I ever actually like read that stuff. It definitely set me down a path, I think. So that was like the moment that you realized that, oh, this is a thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. And like I said, I was I was really young. Um, I think after that I read like, oh god, I read so much like dodgy stuff. I don't even know if I want to say it and have it be like on the internet forever. I think I read like like Beatles fanfic for like a while. I was like really into the Beatles. Um, it wasn't like slash fic, it was like original female character stuff, which is like so cringy. No offense to anyone who likes that now, but I like the the content itself was cringy. Not that it was like original female character necessarily. It was like self insert type. It was so, it, yes, it was literally self insert because it was always just like this girl who was like so perfect in like every single way, and like the people, the members of the band were like fighting over her all the time. Like it was so cringy, um, and yeah, I just like. But you enjoyed it. Well, clearly, I mean, I I kept coming back for more and I kept reading other stuff too. And like I said, it just, I feel like it kind of took off from there. I, I don't even know my like exact like trajectory, 
but I went through like a lot. Like I was really in on like the early days of Supernatural, which is like a really kind of like iconic fandom now. I was there like in the first like couple years of it becoming a, a television show. So um, yeah, I was really into that. I was like really into Criminal Minds. Um, also kind of early days before that kind of blew up. I really like getting in the ground floor of, of fandoms, I guess. Um, yeah, and I feel like I've just been all over the place. I guess a really big one I was in was One Direction. Uh-huh. That was that was a huge fandom that I, again, was in on in the very early days. And it's kind of still going too. I mean, I'm not really active or anything. But like, I still have my Tumblr account for One Direction. And like, it pops off all the time. Like, I'm always getting notifications people like reblogging like gifs I made in like 2013 like it's crazy people are still all about it so yeah and then I guess the other big one I was in is the one that we are managing the discord server for and now like I don't even know if I like to say I'm part of like red white and royal blue fandom it's like a hard thing to claim when you're not like a huge fan fan of the source material necessarily where I'm not like a diehard like book fan there are a lot of like red white and royal blue fans who are mostly movie fans um and I think that their first engagement with it was the movie and then a lot of people read the book because of that and then they decided that they preferred the movie which is fine yeah I feel like there's there's no one way to enjoy it right yeah and that's kind of me now. I mean, I've I've done several things throughout the years. I as I mentioned, I've made gifs. I've I've written fanfic. I've participated or just been like a bystander sort of in like many many different fandoms throughout the years. And yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my journey. What about yourself? Um, so I ask you, like, how do you define like being in fandom? Because I find this a difficult question to answer I guess uh, maybe I'm being too like philosophical about it but like um, I've kind of just been observing fandom rather than participating directly in it until fairly recently like I've always been a fanish type of person you know I wasn't creating content I wasn't creating thick or fan art that I was sharing online I wasn't part of like communities I was kind of just watching all of this happen like from afar. And I found it a little bit intimidating, you know, like there's this element of like fandom culture where certain people in the fandom get really popular or or like clicks form. And it's kind of hard to kind of find friends and, you know, find a group to engage with in that way. So I always found that kind of intimidating. So I was always kind of just on the periphery of stuff until fairly recently, until we started the Discord server And then I found the courage to actually post fic that I'd written. But yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty old. So like I've been around like fandom spaces for a while. Um, I would say like if I had to pinpoint a first fandom, it would be Star Trek, which is like, you know, one of the Mm -hmm. the classics. And so like I was into Star Trek before the internet was even a thing. And so when we, when I got access to the internet, I was looking for other Star Trek fans and looking for Star Trek content. And that's how I kind of stumbled onto my first Star Trek fanfic, which was stuff people were writing and publishing in zines. 
and were distributing at cons and people were like panning with like ancient technology and then sharing on like email groups of like fans who had come together on the internet. So that was like before AO3, before like fanfic.net, before LJ. Oh, like Yeah. Email. So that's how yeah. like people were distributing fic. So you mentioned Supernatural and I remember like I didn't get into Supernatural until fairly recently, like after the show had ended and I started watching it. Um, but I remember being on Live Journal when the episode that Castiel was introduced um, aired. And like within like 40 minutes or something, like there was Destiel fanfic. And I just remember like I've been watching this fandom for like 18 years and then now I'm here. And it's just, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, you know, like the way that it brings people together and the way it captures the imagination and the like force that it has in like shaping popular culture. It's just kind of amazing as a fairly older person to have witnessed how this has evolved on the internet over the last two decades or 20, 25 years, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you said about and I've struggled with this before too, like kind of, it's been different in several different fandoms I've been in, but like finding a space for yourself. And I think this is an interesting topic that we should maybe do even do like a full mm -hmm. episode on is like finding your yeah. place in fandom because it's, I mean, it's not always easy. It, even though you are anonymous, mm -hmm. it, it has a lot of like putting yourself out there and being vulnerable in ways that we don't always discuss because it seems like it should be easy because no one is like well some people are posting photos of themselves online but like <laughs> most of the time you're not you're hiding behind you know an avatar or whatever you're using a username and yeah it but it can still be really hard to find the people in fandom and i would say like it it's even it's also really difficult to find people that you just like <laughs> agree with yeah enough stuff about that you can really like be their friend like it, it's like a big thing where you're like you don't realize how many different ways there are to like consume <laughs> consume something until you find people with just like the most whack opinions and you're like how did we even watch exactly there's like i don't know like there's this culture of like sometimes like a group can be very dominant within a fandom and somehow there are wrong opinions right like if you happen to hold a different opinion about a ship or about like something that happened in canon like it can be so polarizing and so isolating if you say the wrong thing right like so you know like when i'm new to a fandom or like in a new fandom space i just like tend to observe like you know what are people saying and like what are the norms in this space because like i don't want to say something quote unquote wrong and you know have people pile on you like people are very passionate about this kind of thing there's so much secrecy around i think around like people's fandom lives it's like you kind of, you kind of have like a secret identity or like secret life that like people in your your quote unquote real life don't know about like how i mean you know your your friends and family how much of your fandom life do they actually know about and is this something that you are open about do you talk about it with people who aren't in fandom what's that like 
Oh my goodness. I my family knows nothing. They know nothing. <laughs> Even though my sister was the one who like told me what fanfic was, that was the end of it. We do not discuss it. So she's it. not a fanfic person. I don't know. Maybe she is. Maybe she has her own secret fandom life. I just think I have a few friends that I lightly discuss these topics with. Like I will tell them what I'm like really like hyper fixating on. We like discuss fanfic. I I never discuss specifically what I'm reading, but I feel like they know I read it because I talk about it somewhat frequently. Also, you gave me an AO3 sweatshirt that I wear <laughs> to my weekly D&D games sometimes. So like all of my D&D group like knows, they know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I have the AO3 sweatshirt. I wear my sweatshirt all the time and no one has ever commented on it or asked me about it. Like, I don't know. Like no one in the wild has. I like definitely my friends, my D&D friends. I mean, they all they all know, so we talk about it sometimes. But other than that, like I I don't know. It's a weird thing. I I I know that some people think that maybe maybe they their instinct would feel bad for me by being like, "Oh, you can't like be open about your." I'm like, "I don't really view it that way." Like I I don't feel bad for myself at all. I I kind of like having that separation uh -huh. and being like, I mean, I have fandom friends. I, I have you. I have other fandom friends I've made from the Discord server. And I have friends that I, I've been friends with that I've met through fandom for years. Lots of them from the One Direction fandom. Most of them from the One Direction fandom. But like, you know, we met online in 2012 and we're still friends and talk all the time and we've met in person several times and like even now that we're both in like separate kind of fandoms we still talk all the time and we talk about the things that we're into with each other even if it's not the same things like that to me is like fulfilling like I have that sort of need fulfilled by my fandom friends and I don't really feel the need to have my friends in real life I, we say in person because it, it is, is real, real life my in-person yeah. friends yeah my in-person friends I don't need them to be aware of that part of my life uh -huh. I, I just don't I don't feel the need for it what about yeah, yourself I feel the same way but at the same time I'm trying to be a little more open about it because I'm working through these very like deep and old feelings of of shame around it that I feel like I shouldn't be ashamed of this, right? This is not something that I should feel like I have to hide. Like I don't need to share it, but I also don't want to feel like I have to, to hide it out of a sense of shame. Like it's just part of who I am. It's a big part of who I am. I have a lot of like very deep and meaningful friendships that I've formed because of fandom and like I don't want to feel like they're my dirty little secret you know and so I guess that's kind of like my motivation of wanting to talk about it and be more open about it like I don't need you know my my in-person friends to know everything about it but I also don't want to feel like I'm keeping it a secret deliberately you know yeah and I totally get that I I do kind of struggle with that where it's like I I don't know. I, I guess I do feel a little bit of like, I would say it's like shame mingled with like a little bit of just like straight up not wanting to have to explain myself to 
people who don't it get is it. really hard to explain though right yeah i love my in-person friends like so much and i and i'm not saying that if i did explain it to them they would be like you know like trying to make me feel shame about it because i honestly don't think they would i i think that a lot of them would be like okay like it, it isn't like that big of a deal but it's just like one of those things where i'm like i have been doing this for so long I've been doing it since before I even met a lot of my current friends. And it's just something that has always kind of been my personal, my personal thing that I, I keep, I keep to myself and I keep to my online friends. And like, I mean, it, it's so hard to explain even like the bond that you make with your online friends, because I feel like in a way they know so much more about me than some of my in-person friends. Yeah. And like, I'm okay with that separation like and i i understand both sides though like i don't think that it's wrong to want to be public and open about your fandom mm -hmm. either this is like what works yeah. for me i'm also also like really paranoid that someone in my professional life will somehow find my ao3 like that's just side of me that like i would rather not share <laughs> that's a real yeah that's a real fear do people know that you write fanfic though Mm, I don't I don't really think so 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 your friends know that you're a fandom person but they don't know that you specifically write fanfic they probably know I read I mean I do talk about certain things like I I recently told like my D&D &D group about how I I cried throughout like 90% of my first watch of red white and pearl <laughs> blue <laughs> They were like, why? I was like, I just, I don't know. I was really emotional about it. And I just like, I mean, I literally was like in tears for like most of the movie the first time I watched it. I was also like freezing cold for some reason. So I was like shivering and like crying. Like, and that sounds like a bad experience, but it was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> it was like one of the best times of my life watching that movie for the first time. I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna alter my brain chemistry. And it yeah. did. I don't no regrets no regrets on that one yeah I mean it's wild to me that like people will just consume a piece of media that they like and then move on like it's that easy could not be me could not be me I don't know how people do that there's got to be like I mean there's got to be something about fandom people that makes them this way I mean I'm pretty sure that majority of people it seems like it though like majority of like fandom people are some flavor of neurodivergent I feel like that's got to have something to do with it yes I I think so because I I just I know a lot of people like that too where it's like they consume something and they just don't think about it like I I suggested to my friend that she watch red white and royal blue and she did almost right away she's at home with a brand new baby so she was like I need stuff to do I was like watch red white and royal blue and she was like afterwards she texted me and was like Oh, that was really cute. Thanks so much for recommending it. And I'm 99% sure that that movie has left her brain and she hasn't thought about it once since. And I'm like, how did you do that? Because I have been thinking about it nonstop for like over a month. And how do you move on? How do you move on from it? Yeah. I just like, I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, there's got to be something. That's like, I think the thing that ties all fandom people together is that like inability to let go i mean for me coming from a place of having been in it for so long and obviously have been in it 
and enjoying myself otherwise I wouldn't be doing it is that like my dissatisfaction of like I'm not even dissatisfied with fandom what I think is important to note about one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is just because sometimes when I see people discussing it in a non-fandom space Uh which I would consider a podcast like a non-fandom space is that like I I just feel like they they get a lot of things wrong Uh and like I don't want that to be a call out to anyone but I do tend to find that maybe the people who are are discussing this and are maybe even getting like a lot of attention for discussing it are not people who have been in it for like 20 years like I have and like you have and so sometimes I I feel like it gets a little like misrepresented and not like necessarily always in in like a negative way or even in like a like a purposeful way but I do feel like sometimes I see it and I'm like it it feels like it's not an accurate representation of my experience of fandom can you think of a specific example to illustrate that I honestly can't think of a specific example I can think of like like times when I've seen fandoms I've been in be written about in popular culture and I'm like I feel like wow this hasn't been like researched properly people are writing about things that are like like okay not to bring this back to one direction but unfortunately this probably will come back to one direction frequently but like I feel like that happened a lot because one direction was such like a huge like insane fandom and it got written about a lot actually especially I would say in like the years after they broke up it was like such a big thing to write like a a big like news article about like what is with one direction fandom why is everyone in there so crazy and like they would just like write about things that i felt like were not accurate representations of like what my experience was in the fandom like at all just like several like details that they got wrong just like weird things like that where i was like i just don't feel like this person or this person talked to someone who had a very different experience than i did so i guess i i just like want to now like be the one giving my my opinions and like what my experience has Uh been in fandom yeah I I think that's have you experienced anything like that well I do I mean I am aware of the way fandom in general is portrayed like in the media and popular culture like outside of like fandom spaces and it it makes it seem a little unhinged (laughs) um which is not entirely wrong, but I feel like, <laughs> right? I mean, fandom is pretty unhinged, and there are a lot of, you know, um, insane things that have happened, or like things that are unbelievable um, and like really complicated. And like sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction, but I don't think that like the people writing about fandom like fans and fanfic and fan art understand why it's such a strong force and what it means to people and like what function does it serve in our lives and how it shaped popular culture in general like it's just it a lot of it feels like oh look at these weirdos you know yes and you know what it can't be 
ignored that the history and the roots of fandom are are queer let's be real they 100% are I understand that there is a lot of heterosexual activity within fandom especially I would say now like I feel like it's involved to include more of that but I I think that at its roots the the history of like specifically shipping characters and writing fanfic about them and drawing fan art about them is like very much like a queer activity and I and I think that that's kind of part of the reason why it's kind of viewed like that as a, it's seen as like an othering activity but it was like a necessary activity for the community for so many years because there was no representation outside of what we were creating for ourselves and like I, I mean I'm not even like that old but like I, I mean I can even still like chart the history of like where queer representation was when I entered fandom and like where it is now like the thought of like having like a canon queer character when I like first entered unthinkable like literally is like unthinkable literally unthinkable it was always gonna be no I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make this work like it's gonna have to be me writing the thing and and connecting the dots and we don't really have to do that anymore and which is amazing but I I mean, we kind of got away from it a little bit, but I do think that that was like, it it is a big reason why I think that fandom is viewed as so like othering or othered by like people outside of it is that you're right. It's like, it's like, it's a thing that they just like don't understand that they can't comprehend. It's viewed Um, as like icky and weird and cringe. And I don't know. I feel like it's telling that a lot of, like, I think the majority of people who participate in fandom and who create fanfic and fan art are female and queer I mean I think that definitely has something to do with it and like we should be ashamed of the things that we like and expressing ourselves in this way well since we kind of moved ourselves into that topic why don't we discuss like our like identity our queer identities and how it like relates to fandom I mean I am bisexual, as we established at the beginning of this episode. I've asked you this before, but we should get it on the record, Katie. What is the media that made you realize that you were queer? <laughs> this is so funny. I mean, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I, like, immediately saw it and was like, oh, I'm I'm bi. But the first time I ever was like, oh, no, I feel like I'm experiencing attraction to a woman was um was Shakira it was the whenever wherever music video such a good origin story (laughs) it's so it's so funny but I mean it's real like go watch that music video like oh my god I like literally didn't stand a chance and I saw it for the very first time at my grandparents house probably like surrounded by my cousins just like because we were always watching tv together in my grandma's basement and um yeah it was it was life-changing but (laughs) at the same time like that was one singular incident and I would say like the journey that I've had in like coming to understand I mean it's still an ongoing journey because truly like being bi is a confusing Uh day-to-day experience (laughs) that is never ending um but yeah like all of the things that I've kind of gone through and like 
yeah, it, it really has been a journey. I don't even know how to like put words to it. And like uh, fandom has been a huge help in understanding so many parts of myself, including the bisexuality, including like, I mean, I kind of I identify as like genderqueer. Like I just don't really, I don't know. I feel like I kind of go back and forth between being like female, male, and then just like not wanting to associate with either of those mm-hmm. things. So I feel like genderqueer is just like a nice, like all encompassing term to use. But I, I honestly feel like I, I don't know how I would have discovered those things about myself if I wasn't in fandom, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It totally makes sense to me. Yeah. What about yourself? What was your what was your light bulb um, moment? Yeah, I it, it's really hard to pick just one, but perhaps one of the more striking moments in my history was when I watched the X-Files as a kid and realized I was attracted to both Mulder and Scully. Um, so yeah, I think Gillian Anderson made me gay and she has just gotten hotter with age. It's like, I have been obsessed with this woman for like almost 30 years. She's still doing oh it to him. God. She's still She's doing still it to him. making people gay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. shout out to Gillian Anderson. Thank you. That is such a classic origin story. Like Kate McKinnon, you and Kate McKinnon are the same. <laughs> Another a famous lesbian who realized she was gay because of Gillian Anderson. Yeah, but then no. Well, see, I realized that I was attracted to women, but I didn't realize that that made me bisexual or that made me queer. And that was like a much longer and confusing journey. Like I'm such an embarrassing bisexual cliche I was that girl who like would make out with other girls when she was drunk but I was like oh we're just fooling around it doesn't mean anything or like I was always attracted to women because because women are beautiful and amazing and they're great and I thought this was just something that the human race as a whole agreed on like yeah of course women are attractive I didn't realize that that didn't make me straight I had like a similar experience where I very much thought that like I was just like, yeah, everyone finds, I'll say both is a, re- a reductive term at this point. But at, at the time, that was what I would have thought is like, I was like, everyone's attracted to both genders. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean that that's normal? Everyone's attracted to both. And I thought that it was like weird that people weren't. And then like, I had discussions with my friends where they like, were like, yeah, I maybe have like one woman that I would like maybe be attracted to, but not like all of them. I was like, pardon what do you mean (laughs) not all of them I'm sorry what (laughs) it was like very eye-opening because I'm yeah I'm kind of like one of those again like a cliche of like someone who finds like literally every single woman attractive and then like there's like a few men that I'm like into they have to be like a very impressive man for me to be into them but like every single woman I like pass on the street, I'm like, you're beautiful. You're a goddess. You're amazing. You're beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just was so confused. I was like, what do you mean you don't find them attractive? I don't understand. Turns out it was me, not them. But also nobody was, I mean, when I was younger, we weren't talking about this and there was no representation no. in media. There were no bisexual characters on TV. There were no podcasts talking about like well what does it mean if you were attracted no podcasts at all no podcasts at all yeah for that matter yeah and so but there was fanfic um that was exploring these ideas right and I guess that's why there are so many queer people who are 
finding themselves and expressing themselves through fan fiction because mainstream media was just not doing it for us. So let's maybe switch focus and talk a little bit more again about the podcast. So we have like a tagline or a subtitle, which is exploring pop fan and bi culture, which I think is just a good um, explanation of what you can expect from listening to this podcast in the future. We have a lot of ideas of topics and they're kind of all over the map. Like I would, I wouldn't say there's going to be like one specific type, like not every single episode is going to be like discussing a piece of media or whatever. Like it, it's going to be kind of all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess it's just talking about, you know, different things that we, we are watching, um, reading or consuming also like things that our friends or like things that are happening around us that are of interest to queer people, but not exclusively um, queer people um, and how that fits into, you know, larger discussions about pop culture and how it's changing social movements and the intersection of all these different things. Yeah, I like the way that you phrase that. I, I kind of think that sounds better than we're going to discuss whatever we want to discuss. <laughs> but um, we did already mention a few um, specific topics that we're like kind of uh-huh. interested in discussing. I already mentioned there's definitely going to be um, a, an episode where we break down, pun intended, Nicholas Galatine's filmography. We're already sort of like mostly done watching it watching all of his mm-hmm. projects i mean we're definitely gonna do the red white and royal blue episode and i mean obviously we're discussing nick we're gonna have to we don't have to i would love to discuss taylor i would love to do that too <laughs> we've only really talked about nick so far but i am like uh, almost as like ass <laughs> deep am i allowed to swear almost as obsessed with with Taylor and his filmography is not as extensive as Nick, given that they're both like relatively young. Yes, he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, comparatively speaking, he's done. I mean, yeah, he's done a decent amount, and and Taylor is older, but he he's done a little bit less, which is totally okay. He was too busy being professionally beautiful for several years, which he was very successful at. Obviously, to be a gorgeous specimen of a human being. I know. 24 7 job is just to be the most beautiful (laughs) man i've ever seen it must be so tiring that's probably going to be like 95 percent of the episode about taylor is just me being like oh my god how does someone this beautiful exist and how am i supposed to function knowing that someone this beautiful is walking the earth like i I can't like it's it's so hard to comprehend it is so hard to comprehend every time i see a photo of him i'm just like how do we exist on the same planet? I don't understand. He is too much for my brain to to comprehend. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna, probably going to do an episode about him. And then yeah, we've got, just got kind of like a, a few like fandom. Uh, related to Red, White, and Royal Blue and Nick and Taylor and all this attention that is being focused on them right now. We also wanted to talk about like whether or not it's become socially acceptable for straight actors to play queer characters and, you know, like all the speculation about, well, are they actually straight or are they queer? And, you know, like discussing, you know, the identities 
of actors or like creators um, in the public space and whether or not it's okay for them to create queer art, which I think is an interesting conversation to have and potentially controversial, polarizing. I think people have very strong opinions on this. Yes. And and the parasocial relationships, that's mm-hmm. like a big one. That's such a big thing in fandom is the parasocial relationships. And I feel like any fandom we discuss is going to include that somehow. So yeah, that's probably going to be a big topic. Oh, we want to bring our friends on to talk about different aspects of fandom culture and like different ways of participating in fandom culture, different types of content that are created within fandom culture. Mm-hmm. Just like a lot about fandom. And of course, we want to talk a lot about like pop culture. We'll probably do future episodes about, yeah, like content we're consuming and stuff like that. That's kind of what you can expect from this podcast. I would say that like you and I are starting this in a very casual way. I, I'm i definitely like open to it evolving and I'm excited to see where it can go. So like I would say, especially at first, I don't know if we'll be doing episodes like on a very regular schedule. Mm-hmm. But that may change in the future. That could yeah. change. I mean, if this like takes off and we really like blow up, then I'm quitting my job. Like <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm probably not going to quit my job, but it would be nice just to like, you know, see where this goes and kind of ride the wave if the wave uh-huh. comes. And um, yeah, I would say that like, if anybody out there is listening, then let us know, give us feedback so that we can, you know, feel encouraged, I would say to like, make this a more regular mm-hmm. thing. And like, let us know what topics you think uh, not enough people are talking about um, that you would like to hear more on. Um, and we could potentially bring in other people with different perspectives to say on that topic. We have an email address. It is bisexualbreakdown at gmail.com. Um, you can totally send us an email there. We would love to hear from you. Um, we also are on Instagram, um, Bisexual Breakdown. I haven't made our TikTok yet, but I'm going to. And I'm really hoping that Bisexual Breakdown is available on there. Because if it isn't, I'm going to be very sad. So yeah, wherever you want to contact us, please do. Because we would, I think, like to hear from people so that we can feel encouraged and maybe you know get some like discussions going or like ideas for future episodes so yeah our our first episode that you guys can expect is i'm pretty sure we've decided is going to be sort of like a breakdown of red white and world blue the movie so yeah that's probably going to be our first episode i don't know when it's going to be coming out but you can look out for that eventually soon i hope if you listen to this entire intro episode, thank you. You're great. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And we hope that you will tune in for future episodes.